everyone. This is Ren. I'm three of the three that are talking on the new school of thinking podcast called Event on different styles of management. And I posed a scenario that I've been facing in my job in a sales environment where it's all about productivity, but management, it comes down to management and how some management either makes your day or just turns it the other way. And we're trying to dive in deeper as to what has happened, what kind of uh, initiatives have been taken to make this culture better. So tune in, give us your feedback, give us your ideas and scenarios that you've gone through and some tips and tricks to make that impact within our culture. So this is Jamal, Ren, and Dean or DJ and Ree on the topic of management versus leadership. Every time I go to work, I have this bad manager. And I don't know if it's just me or if it's just this manager is really bad, but it makes me miserable and not want to be at work. You're so kind. You just called her a shitty manager and then you went, you resorted to the word bad manager. Yeah. So what makes her so bad or shitty? Well, this person, I just don't think she can lead, right? She is very difficult to work with, negative energy. It feels like she's babysitting. It doesn't seem like she's a leader. It's more of a talker and not a doer. For sure. So some context of have you ever been in a situation where you have two managers, one who has started with you maybe months ago and another who has just joined, but they're two completely different people. So did this manager sign up to be an assistant manager or an actual manager? So our team got split up. There's 28 of us. They got split in half. One manager, super relaxed, transparent, vibes with everybody, really understands people's personality, but that also goes in line with the time that he's taken to understand them and kind of vibe with them and understand different personalities. This manager steps in, she comes, and now there's so much micromanaging going. You cannot believe how many times this woman walks around to every person with her laptop being like, so, how are your numbers looking today? every single hour of the day and you go into the office like you never I'm never looking forward to going into the office and she's not even my manager one hour into the and it's a sales environment I get it productivity is important but how do you find that balance and now there's this big like situation going on where a lot of people are dropping jobs like they're they're just leaving so it is is it a management thing or is it what is it and what can you do being on the floor is a situation that I'm facing right now. I mean, it's 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 definitely a management thing because at the same time, if you're saying there's another manager that's out there, he's he or she is is managing the other half of these 28 people, and everything is fine. They're vibing with everybody. The environment must be better. The sales must be you know better, and the effort of the team members is probably better too, right? Mm-hmm. So. It used to be like, you know, people enjoyed being there. Culture was a big part, and that's something that, you know, as someone that is not directly managed by her, how do I step forth or how do I express what do I do as a teammate, as a fellow colleague to kind of 
support them or empower them to go and address it because there's been moments where in those one-on-ones i'm sure a lot of companies do these one-on-ones check-ins because they're either told by their higher-ups is like that's how you manage talent that's how you manage progression or productivity and in these one-on-ones she's having these personal relationships with personal commentaries and turning the people on the floor against each other well, what's the point of that like what is what's what's the that's game? our question what's the gain from creating alliances amongst your team basically it sounds like that's what that's what's happening right but that's our question and the surprising thing is i don't think she knows that all of us are good friends at the end of the day we're going to speak to each other about hey what did your manager say and that's where there's that divide so i initiated a meeting with my direct manager and i i asked him i was like hey listen like she she just really like messes up my eq i have a very high eq so even if she's not dealing with me her energy around me really pisses me off and i can't be productive Mm -hmm. so what what are you going to do with that Mm -hmm. but not everybody's going to have a mouthpiece like myself and be vocal about how they're actually feeling yeah that's when you get into the point where if if this is a a new team or a young team they're not going to want to do that because of they, they feel like they run the risk of being fired. They're like, go. Oh. What's the productivity like? What's the difference between the two teams? The, the other team, luckily for her, that other team is super productive, but they built that pipeline. It's sales. Right now, her timing was impeccable because everybody started closing. Everybody knew. They all got training amongst our original team as a whole to be producing at the level they're producing. So she's looking good. So it's different. So we have like these different um, uh, Slack channels amongst the two teams to manage like productivity, share numbers, share data to see where we are during the day. The data that my manager is sharing with our team is how like look where you started to how many, uh, you know, enrollments or like um, sales target of the sales target you've hit right now this is how far you need to go he kind of gives us that kind of database she has been giving them a hierarchy of ranking people of who's being the top performer out of the entire group throughout the day which is really getting into people's heads because there's a diversity in She's not really grasping that emotional intelligence that's necessary to be in her role of understanding the diversity of skill set, the diversity of where people and what kind of experiences people come from. There are older people, there are millennials, there are even younger millennials that are coming through. It might be their first job, this might be their first sales environment. How are you catering to that? Because now there's this ego clash, nobody's supporting one another, they're stealing leads. And especially if you're in the sales world, on your CRM, you're the owner of a, of a particular lead. Yeah. Someone else is stealing from you because they want to close that. Right. And the funniest part out of this, folks, there's no commission. So then what's the, what's the, <laughs> what's the incentive? What's Why the incentive to, to, to close that and steal from your teammates or steal from your company, basically? And that like, is the question. That is the dilemma. Well, see, that, that, that could be the culture that she creates, right? That culture of... Apparently, that's where she comes from. It creates the environment. Yeah. But on another note, Slack, is it really productive? Well, it keeps you... But how you're using Slack. I mean, so that was a question that the manager posed. So I, I, I went up to the higher up. Is it, is it productive, though? Like, I, I don't think Slack is really that productive. I've seen organizations use it, and it, 
there's a lot of channels going on and there's the paid version and the free version and like you can see that in the paid version uh, man people can see what you write mm-hmm. even if it's a private channel right yeah so yeah, at the same time you're also you you want to introduce slack to what is it to replace email you want to introduce slack to re- replace that email well, replace and have real that time that manual tracking getting up and like so, like sitting around and talking to someone you know or standing I mean, up and it, rolling over it happens you know, it, 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 it's, hard. Goes down. it's hard yeah. it's hard when when you're when you're not in the same location as your teammates like i know for me i do a lot of projects with the u.s our u.s partners and it's like whenever i say you know let's let's schedule a call mm-hmm. it's like oh man i don't know if i could do that right <laughs> why like we have to talk about this stuff you know yeah. so they rather do the email thing and i get it you get a paper trail you know you, you you can go back on what people said and this and that but slack to me is just another tool that replaces the email so if you thought email was too but it's real time though that's something that i can i, I yeah. think like, i mean but in like 2018 slack was back on june 27th Slack was down for a few hours, and now uh, there's a software called Rescue Time software which measures productivity. Mm-hmm. And I found employees were a lot more productive in that hour because uh, when Slack but, was down. But what were they measuring for productivity is a question. Right now, productivity is a question. How are you measuring productivity? That's it depends true. on the organization. And going back to now, your organization, how is your organization measuring productivity? And that's the team. question is coming to. How are you keeping that productivity measurement consistent amongst everybody mm-hmm. so people don't feel like they're left out, but you still keep up their morale? And it really comes down to management because right now, the huge issue was all 28 of us were used to one kind of management style the transparent, someone who's coach, like someone who's more on that coaching side of things mm-hmm. and didn't really spend one-on-one because there's a lot of trust mm-hmm. where you know what i've given you the tools lead it because lead it like it's your own business maybe that's his tactic of hey i don't have to do too much work or hand holding but that should be a sales environment if you want to drive culture yeah but that's now you're getting into different styles of styles of leadership right mm-hmm. so or sorry styles of management like you can get into the basics of management where it's just all you care about is the numbers in the books and all yeah. you care about is that graph going up, right? That old graph you see in the sales pitches, right? That just starts at the bottom and just cur- curves up. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get into the other type of management, which is, which is more of a leadership style, right? It's which more is of what? A, it's more of, um, like you said, coaching and mentoring your teammates. Someone who's on the floor. I expect... democratic... I expect leaders or managers who want to lead, especially in a sales heavy model where it's a numbers game is what they kind of come down to is be on the floor with me. Yeah. Do those calls with me because then you know the pain points instead of trying to convince us, oh, you could have said that. You should have said this. Well, be in that call and imagine and be empathetic to what we're listening to because it's a two-way conversation. Right. Or at least show you can... Or at least show you can do that, right? Right. If it's not on that and on one particular call, at least show you could pick up the phone and and, and so give an example. Mm-hmm. So, what would you, in three words, describe the management style? If you had to encompass both your experience, like per management no, style, or? The, ma- the management that you're having an issue and with, micromanaging the helicopter mom. We've we've kind of divided both of them as there's a lax parent, like you know, who low key gives you guidance 
but at the same time listens to your concerns but also gives you proper feedback and golden nuggets that you can kind of share and utilize on the job and then there's a micromanager this is the helicopter mom that is looking at the productivity productivity but is not looking at the bigger picture the productivity throughout the day someone it's like little things like someone who's coming in a half hour early to be you know ahead of the game kind of get themselves going which then might leave a you know a few minutes early and gets penalized for that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like that's not cool like why would someone want to come here we're not in a prison for heaven's sakes yeah. we're already already imprisoned by productivity measurements of you need to hit a hundred calls by the end of the day yeah it's definitely a micromanagement situation like it's definitely that's definitely one of the words you said a helicopter mom micromanaging um, and it's just a lack of trust with your team right that's whether it. whether or not you don't have the experience of like if she if if this manager wasn't there from the get-go she doesn't have that relationship or the, the trust or the trust in the team right so you can kind of understand that okay she needs to make sure that her team members are producing at the effective level that she needs them to produce and by doing that that the textbook like I trust says the guidance. yeah but the text like by doing what she has to do as a manager like the textbook says you have to be on top of them. Right. Right. So what she's doing, she's defaulting to that. Right. And a and reminder, folks, employees don't quit their jobs. They quit their managers. No, for sure. People yeah. follow that's what's people, right? yeah. not products. Yeah. But, 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 but that, 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 that's what's happening. You said there's been a lot of turnover mm-hmm. uh, lately. Since she's, since she's, she's joined been, on yeah. board. And that's a thing, right? That's another question. Is that something that we initiate being like, hey, we should get to know each other? Because I'm in this uncomfortable and I don't get why I'm always the one that kind of wants to, you know, speak out or maybe I have this mentality of like there's always abundance of opportunities so tell me to walk out I'm Gucci with that there's always jobs or I'll Gucci? create a job sorry <laughs> what's Gucci I don't know. but no it's, it's true like, it, makes, no. it makes sense that's the way it makes I have sense. too it makes sense like, so I actually have an exercise here we can do so I'm going to read out 15 qualities okay and both of you Jamal and Ren are going to tell me if this is a good or a bad quality and makes or breaks a manager okay takes credit for others work Takes credit, takes credit for, for other others' people. work? Yeah. Without being involved from the get-go? Take it as how you want it Oh my to. gosh, bad. Bad? Okay. How would you take credit for this work? Doesn't show appreciation or give recognition to employees. Bad. Is that a question? <laughs> Micromanages. <laughs> In okay. some cases, some people need that. Some people like that, but as an environment, that's not a good not thing. Not a good thing. It's not a collective characteristic if that makes sense control freak no they Unable can take that control trust. and shove it no see that's a trust factor again right mm-hmm. plays favorites no unless you're the favorite unless you're <laughs> <laughs> no for real though there's a lot of power that comes with that yeah wait. it doesn't provide clear or realistic direction yeah i hate that yeah we need clear direction to know where you're going is unavailable or avoids tough conversations i hate that oh man that's the worst so on that note my manager actually canceled on me on my one-on-one and the response for that cancellation was i didn't have any pressing issues it was just another one-on-one took over my time he was like i don't have any pressing issues and i was like pardon me i have pressing issues though our one-on-one is a two-way street so i booked one and then it took an hour and a half Unable to listen and respond to feedback. Bad. 
Well, uh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> that's a kid. What are you, what are you trying to do? Does it lead by example? Yeah, that's hell no. No, that's not leading. Lacks humility or self awareness. Sorry, what was no, the first part? Self awareness. Lacks humility or self awareness. Oh yeah, no hell no. You need that. Manages with fear, not fairness. Oh. Manages with, with fear. fear. From their, probably, from their management. Their management. Side. So it's pressure. They pressure. always say bad managers always showcase the pressure that's coming from higher up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Is complacent about poor performing or toxic team members? Complacent? complacent? Not. No. That was another thing that my manager brought up. There was this little shit that got hired with me, annoying. Like annoying little fart that always needed support, extra support, went out of my way to support him because apparently there was like things that needed to be considered about his personality, but that took away from my productivity, but he became this little annoying little, he's a toxic virus. Right, right, right. Literally and in physical form as well. Oh, that's not And <laughs> he actually, um, he came to a realization being like, I'm unhappy here. That's good. So then my manager was like, you know, Bren, when I really think about it, if I hadn't listened to you or we hadn't connected and you gave me that feedback and I gave you the real feedback, you wouldn't be here if he had continued to be here. Yeah, I was like, of sense. course not. Yeah, it makes sense. So toxic people and getting rid of those pieces of little parts yeah for sure and finally doesn't live up to workplace values <sighs> of course not because you gotta what was this exercise you're trying to do? so can we can we all agree that every single thing i brought up was bad yeah yeah and can we agree that not every can, single thing can you uh, can you say that a majority of those traits are found in your managers yes so based off this article a study done in 2018, mm -hmm. you have a bad manager. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got that. No, for real. But it's like how, it's like whose responsibility now is it? Yeah. To support them. And there are studies out there to show that this is bad. So what is the next action step is really what you're looking for. You see the vision. You see the bad management style. Right. How are you going to get it done? So I went to hire up. I went to a mentor that I trusted. I had a conversation. She had suggested, like, you know what? Let me talk to him. I won't say that, you know, you and I talked. And I was like, no, go for it. Like, it's, I like transparency. I stick by my value. I'd rather know that he knows that it's coming from me. They had, uh, and she suggested, carry out a focus group. And I was like, she's like, Ren, I want you to be one of the main members part of it to initiate it just in case people are not that comfortable or vocal and I was like yeah of course I'm down for that he actually acted upon it and gained my respect even more that engaged me into my one-on-one -on -one of like yo I want to leave if I get a better opportunity that pays me more that you know really puts you grow and exactly and challenges me I'm gonna leave yeah but my heart is here because I want to help you grow this culture and community because that's what I promised you in my interview with you. Right. So what do you have on your place that I can help with from the ground up? Because I see that there are opportunities for organic growth. But you need to tell me, but mind you, I'm not paid to do this. Mm. But I want to because I care. Mm. So I'm coming out of the role of 
I should care about my financial, like my salary and all that, which I'm putting back on your radar, which kind of pissed me off. But I'm still asking you, what can I do? Yeah, and that that's like the the fact that your that other manager took the time and acted upon what you know they said they would do. Mm-hmm. That shows that they at least value you coming up and saying this and you know trusting you and, for that. And to that account, at least they're allowing you to pursue your passion. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Which is which is being able to grow the company and help in that. So he does get one point there. Yeah. No, and I, resp- I was like, he shouldn't be at fault or he shouldn't. And I was like, I'm going to be a little messenger for you and tell you that you should be aware that on the ground level, we're all friends. We're all talking to each other. We have the capability to group one, like all together, figure out a date, sort everybody out and be like, hey, let's all look for jobs elsewhere and show you the big F you. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's a scary thought, for it. and we don't want to do that. Yeah. And maybe it was a little bit of a fire under the the ass, but it was just like stop being so diplomatic and stop feeling like oh I don't want to overstep because she's new. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the the conversation, he was like, I see it, but hearing it affirms it. Yeah, and that's good. That that means that they that manager at least has some trust in what you're saying, right? Right. They're not just dismissing the conversation or dismissing the feelings of the group right right but that's where i've been encouraging like my colleagues like now one person has gone up so maybe in hindsight let's say my manager didn't respond the way he man uh he responded and he goes you know what ren you, you if you're not happy here just leave yeah this is a sales environment pack up and leave yeah i just put my job on the line because of my concern for other people yeah yeah and that that definitely could have happened i mean that again like you said in the beginning the team that this manager is managing hasn't shown any significant decline in sales or productivity so usually when a higher up manager doesn't see that problem they don't care about mm-hmm. if there is a problem internally on, a, in that. on a large scale though like as a whole yeah we're struggling right so we're on the radars of the higher ups being like, we're worried about this team. And that's why it was so much more easier for me and scarier for me to engage that conversation with the higher up and the mentor that I was talking about, because she ended up saying, she's like, yes, Ren, like we're on the quality assurance team and we're worried about your team back in Toronto. And I was yeah. like, damn, like it's that serious. Yeah, so they, they noticed something, right? That's the thing, they noticed something. So, and going back to that productivity con- like conversation, how do you genuinely understand or describe productivity and still balance morale and culture? Honestly, to me, it's, it's if, you're, if you're an effective leader and not so much a manager. If you're an effective leader, then that morale and, and, and team environment will inherently increase or at least maintain productivity. Right, people want to come to work. They want to do their job. They want to help other people. Mm-hmm. Right, if you create that sort of team environment, then there's no bounds to productivity. Right, that's my belief and my. What, what I has helped for. you be more productive at work, even at a work like at a job that you dreaded? Honestly, taking the time to step back and review what is not productive helps you be a little bit more productive. Communication. Yeah, communication with your team. There's times where I'm at work and I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with 
different projects and there's something I haven't dealt with before in a project and it's like, man, I gotta figure this out. In my head, I'm like, I gotta figure this out and I could spend hours trying to figure something out or I can go to my team member and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. Do you have any experience in this? Most of the time, they're like, one of them will say, yeah. This, this yeah. is what you should do first. At least I, think, I think a good manager is able to adapt to the situation, right? Because your manager, yeah, because you're, you're able to get results, but you also have to be able to mold yourself to adapt and accommodate different types of learning styles, personalities, personalities and be able to get, motivate them to get the best out of them while trying to achieve your target. Yeah, right. motivating is a big one. Motivating, motivating is the biggest team. one, yeah. And that's where, like, feedback on, you know, how do you motivate, a, especially a sales-driven team, throughout the day? Because if you're if you're only celebrating closes, we're not closing every single hour of the day. That's what they're hoping for us to do. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. We're like a young team. We're like five five months in working together. You got to celebrate the small successes. And Even that's the small where successes are, are a success. Exactly. And I think that's what they're doing, though, right? But it's also in, in your what case. Ways? In your case, they I think they made a a blunder in terms of how they hired. Mm-hmm. They should have hired. If you're gonna hire specific for this, you should put yourself in the customer's perspective and put people that are either a little bit older and experienced, or you go with younger people. But there is a clash and you there. Can, you can motivate accordingly, and there's I know it's prejudiced, there. but it's like there is a clash there. So this industry has a lot of older people that have keep like they're like in our faces telling us, oh, if we bring up a concern, saying this is, and it's not even a concern. I'm just gonna say it's an objection that we can learn to handle, but it's an objection. If that's something that we're hearing for the first time, we address it as a team to collectively come up with tips and tricks and how to really handle that objection. We have a couple of people that were hired with that main management team that came from the same industry that keep uh, telling us, oh, we have fit, we've worked in this industry for 25 years. We've worked in this industry for 25 years. That's, that's a petty excuse, this, that, and the other. Like nobody asked you, but we're li- living in a different era. Yeah, and that happens all the time. I hear that, I hear that excuse all the time, even from like, I'm in I'm in production, right? So even from my shop, it's like, yeah, this is how we do things. Yeah. Right. It's like. But how do you how do you even like? And so at a point where we had this big conversation, we had like a big powwow or whatever, and questions were, how do you, like, they always say, take it away, right? In sales, like, you also need to know who's a bad customer. Take it away. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the world of education, so education is an opportunity for everybody until you exhaust all your opportunities. But I shouldn't have the power or the control to take that away from you until you say, no, it's not going to work out for X reason that I have no control over in supporting you. So this individual is like, oh, I've done this for 20 years. Yeah, no, they're not the perfect candidate for this. And my, my rebuttal to that was, how would you know? You just took that opportunity off the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, it comes out to constructive, anything constructive, constructive criticism or constructive feedback. You're allowed to criticize something mm-hmm. when it's followed up by something that'll help. 
It's just like right. you're taking, you're stripping that opportunity away from somebody else. Because yeah. now you've painted a picture because you've been in this industry for 20 years that every young person here that's probably doing this for their first as a first job is they're going to be listening to these key words that you're spreading about this persona is a bad customer and they're not doing their job who would have been a potential close. Yeah. There, there you go. You just burned a lead. Yeah, exactly. We're living yeah. in a different era. So it's like, manager, what the hell are you doing in your one-on-ones with those people? Why are you giving them the upper hand being like, oh, I know that person for 20 years. We worked together. I don't give a flying F Yeah. because you're in a culture of different people, different skill set. That comes down to management, management understanding. And some people like, yeah, like I remember in a job I was at, uh, uh, when I was training law enforcement, and I, I sometimes wondered when I was doing it. I went to school for criminology, so I had a passion for it. And I'm training these law enforcement professionals, and sometimes I wonder, like, why are they even in this job? Like, they they're just there for the paycheck. Yeah. Right. But like, think about the impact that they're having, and how far it goes, and how, like, if you're only here for the nine to five. You're basically letting the bad guys run free from right. five yeah. to nine yeah. all the way day. You know, you're not putting in the effort to yeah. help law enforcement get this case closed. And it always, always puzzled me, especially with training days. Like when they come in for software, it's like they had the opportunity to get the day off and come in and learn, as opposed to going to work. And most of them will come in and just skip like after the first half because they just wanted the day off. They didn't want to actually be there. And it's always been mind-boggling how, like, people get just take work for for, for what it is, they for just what it is, and money, right? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to actually passionately enjoying it and like being considered. I know it got cut off short, but thank you so much for listening to us this far. That just means y'all have to tune in to the next episode on the world of careers and passion and how it intertwines and moreover does passion even pay us well um but until next time do send us your feedback your comments your concerns your tips your tricks we're more than um open to hear your feedback on that but moreover thank you so much for supporting us in this journey until next time this is ren from the three with DJ and Rhee on the New School of Thinking podcast, The Vent.